The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Mercedes Fedchuk welcoming you to day nine of our 2017 European LCS Summer Split team by team previews. We've got two teams left because we've already covered G2, the Unicorns of Love, H2K, Misfits, Vitality, Splice, Rocket, and Chase's mom's favorite team, the Ninjas in Pajamas. I am so sorry, Mrs. Wassenaar. But today, today we get to talk about a team that I'm genuinely excited for. Even though I don't think they're going to, you know, be world beaters. I don't think they're going to come out guns blazing and go 18-0 and or anything ridiculous like that. But I am genuinely excited for where they've come from, for who some of the players are, and where they have room to grow. And of course, I can't bring up Mrs. Wassenaar without bringing up Mrs. Wassenaar's baby boy, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, how are you doing today now that I've thoroughly embarrassed you? I mean, I don't think my face can get redder than it is right now. But you know, I, I'm i excited to talk about this team. My face is red, but so is the logo that is with this Mysterious Monkeys this roster. True. A Mysterious Monkeys roster that, you know, I, I like Mysterious Monkeys as an org. You know, they were a team I actually used to scrim with back when I was in Imperial. They've been a, a German team for a while now it's an organization that i really have enjoyed what they've put into you know understanding the league of legends scene really growing a lot of these you know guys that maybe you wouldn't necessarily you know put these players at the top of of any list but i mean they've had some interesting talents go through there and i think that it's great to see that an organization that once had exile in their mid lane way back in the day uh and and a whole bunch of you know, decent guys in between is now going to be on this LCS stage with a logo I love and a team that earned their right to be here after a long time of fighting their way for it for a couple of these guys, especially Yuki. This is a long time coming, a, a true team that has earned their way in. Not like the Ninjas in Pajamas that bought a spot and then got their own guys. No, this former Misfits Academy roster earned every single one of those spots. All five of them are going to be in the league, and it's just a shame that I'm not sure how long they're going to be in the league. That's the only thing that's a shame to me. But let's talk that, about it. That's fair, and, and let's go over this starting roster. We have Jisoo in the top lane. Uh, Llama Bear is taking over the jungle position now that Pride Soccer did leave uh, for Rockat. 
We have Koskiu in the mid lane, another guy that has tried so many times to make it to the LCS, and now he's finally here. Yuki, 6-0, uh, finally in the LCS. Dreams as the support, and Forgiven's favorite support player ever in Unlimited as their head coach. This seems like a, 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 the final of, uh, of an anime series. Of, you know, Yuki and Koski finally getting in. They're finally, you know, grown up. They've finally proven themselves. They've been knocked down, you know, 9 or 10 or 15 times. They keep getting back up. They keep training harder. And now they're here against the final boss, final bad guy, whatever. You know, talk to me about, some, about a couple of these guys. We did watch some Challenger series. When you look at this team... What did you think about these players? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think the, the first thing to say is that, you know, these aren't players that just showed up out of the ether, right? We, you know, these players have, have histories, and it's worth acknowledging how they got here. Jisoo, for example, is a guy that was on the Ever 8 Winners Challenger team. Now, that is was the Challenger team underneath the Ever 8 team that you guys all remember from that surprising IEM victory that told the rest of the world, oh yeah, by the way, LCK Challenger teams can still beat up on what are supposed to be good Western teams. But I don't know, remember that at all. A guy within a... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you don't. Don't remember. Uh, definitely no terrible TSM loss to be found for people <laughs> to go through the archives. So, I mean, he's clearly played within a Korean gaming house. Um, a guy that I, I think understands a lot of the ins and outs. Llama Bear, a guy that has been on the verge of being a full-time EU challenger player, uh, a guy that, you know, for most of his career has been a, a backup to a challenger league, but a guy that's certainly been around on the EU solo queue uh, as a high-level player for a long time. You have Koskiu, a guy who at one point we thought was going to be the next great EU mid laner. That was a guy that we were asking, why hasn't he been signed back in the day when he was really good on that denial team? You know, and he was okay at inspire and things have just kind of fallen off a little bit every split since but we'll get to that yuki guy who has fought for so long to get into the lcs uh you know go all the way back to being on against all authority in 2015 renegades banditos misfits millennium this you know gamers too gamers too way back like this is a guy who's been around he was playing you know it's funny because Salat Tomato Onion is a team that you would think, oh, that's a joke team. That team was genuinely competitive for an LCS spot. They were relevant. They were one of the last few teams to get eliminated in that tournament. So certainly since 2013, the guy's been on the verge of making it in. And then Dreams is the one who's really just a, a pure solo queue talent that Misfits picked up and have kind of been training ever since then. So there's been a lot of investment into getting these young players or these guys that have been on the verge but never quite gotten there on their own they built that synergy they set up an environment in which some of these players could take that leap that we always talk about you know the the proverbial growth from being a good player to a great one that can actually perform on an lcs stage and and be relevant and be someone that can bring fans in and get them excited uh and i, I think that all of these players should be proud of what they accomplished. They found a way, despite so much talent in that EU Challenger series, so many big football orgs in Europe throwing money and all these big name stars onto their roster, and these guys powered it through. And that's awesome. 
And everything I'm going to say after this point is going to sound like I hate this team or that I just have like some grudge against challenger level players. I don't. I'm really glad that they got here. I really like the org. I hope that they stick around in some form when we head into 27, uh, 2018, I should say. I just don't think this team is very good. I think they were good enough to be better than Giants. I don't think they are a substantially better team than that Giants gaming roster was, and that Giants gaming roster struggled a lot. And that was before they lost Pride Stalker, who was one of the better reasons that that team looked as good as they did. He was a huge enabler for them, especially in the meta that he was able to push in that regard. And I, that's the, there are huge question marks around some of these guys. And I'm just not convinced that these things are going to turn around, but you know, they're here and maybe that's enough to celebrate. So let's acknowledge that before I get into all of the negatives. Yeah. I, I, I do want to acknowledge that because I, I cannot say Yuki and Koski are, are the two guys just absolutely have been, you know, what if. The, the ultimate what-if guys. It always seems like the teams that were successful in the Challenger Series, they always, it always was after these two guys kind of left. It was always after they decided to replace them, and that would go, well, Walter, then obviously they weren't good enough to be in the LCS. But, you know, after, like, the second or third time that you're the last picked person when you're on the playground playing basketball, you don't really want to play basketball anymore. You're kind of like, oh, I guess I'm not very good, and they don't want to play with me. Like, And these guys said, nah, screw it. We're going to keep trying to get better. We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying. And they've always been inches away from grabbing that proverbial brass wing, from taking the briefcase off from the top of the ladder and having that guaranteed title shot. And now they finally are there. They finally get their chance. They finally get to get on the stage and kind of prove their stuff. And I'm excited for that from the narrative aspect. Walter, the competitive person, goes, yeah, but they weren't good enough to make it into the LCS up until now when they beat arguably two of the worst teams in EU LCS history to get there. So Chase, now go ahead and be the Debbie Downer. Why aren't you very high on this team? What about this team does sort of bring all that back to earth and say, yeah, I really hope they're still here in 2018 as an organization? Yeah, well, let's start with Koski. Koski was the guy that we used to talk about as a guy who could really come in and shake up the European scene. Uh, last, in the spring split in the Challenger Series, he had a 2.49 KDA in the regular season. Uh, it was a 2.2 KDA during the promotion tournament. He's not good. He's not good enough against the tier of mid laners that were not LCS ready. LCS mid laners should eat him alive. I mean, some of the stuff he was trying to get away with were things like Katarina. Um, you know, he played a, a substantial bit of her, uh, never too much prolonged success. Uh, when you're struggling to get kills on Katarina, there's a problem there. Uh, you could tell that he was really, you know, uncomfortable on any one pick. It's one of those things where you look at for the number of games that he played, he was playing a whole bunch of different things. There wasn't any one strategy that they stuck to, and there wasn't any one strategy that you look at and say, oh, yeah, he nailed that. That's a thing that we can count on in the long run. I, that's a huge concern to me, especially in Europe where we talk about how good these mid laners are on a regular basis. I mean, when he's going to be going up against Forbidden, Perks, Caps, Power of Evil, uh, you know, even you know Betsy, Exile, I, I don't know what he's going to do. 
I don't think he's ready for that, that level of competition at all. You know who else isn't ready? Llama Bear. Llama Bear looks raw as hell. And don't get me wrong, he's probably better predisposed to this meta than Pride Stalker would seem to be on paper right away. This is a guy that played Gragas, that played Rek'Sai. Uh, that's kind of what we've seen from him and the little bit of experience that he's had. But that's kind of the point. We've seen almost nothing from this guy on a big stage. And unlike someone like Xerxes, who at least had, well, we knew that Dark Passage believed in this guy and we knew that he had some experience on that kind of level of play, even if it wasn't the highest level of play. Llama Bear was a backup to the Challenger team. Played three games so far this year. Played fewer than that in 2016. We know nothing about him. We realistically cannot say anything about him other than he is raw, and that makes him incredibly exploitable by some of the better junglers. I, I God, Yankos is going to eat him alive. I, I, I don't really know what to do there. And, and Jisoo, you know, he's fine. Uh, his Shen is good. He had an 8.6 KDA on Shen during the regular season and the three games he played with it. Everything else was pretty mediocre. 3.15 KDA in the regular season there, 3.17 KDA in the summer promotion tournament. He's distinctly average at the challenger level. That doesn't give me a lot of hope that he's going to get to the LCS level and suddenly look like this amazing player. And then you have Yuki. And oh, Yuki. I'm I, Yuki is the guy that if you care a bit about the Challenger series. You have wanted Yuki to be successful. No one, you know, the guy has a reputation as a workhorse. The guy puts everything, his heart and soul, into being a better player and constantly looking to improve. And I do believe he is the best player on this team. But he is not necessarily the hyper carry that you would want. He, his best champion this last split was Ash, and I was being that initiator. His Varus was very good in that regard as well. When we've had to see him on carry champions in the past, hard carry champions, he doesn't look very good. He's not a lane dominant kind of bully. He's a really good team fighter, and his positioning is solid, and I think that's going to help. But he's going to need help, and I don't see who it is on that roster that's going to be there. And if, you know, it, it's just a, a really unfortunate situation that all these guys are, are going to have to be, you know, thrown in there and kind of fed to the wolves for a bit before they figure it out. And, you know, I, I think this is something that we sometimes forget because a lot of the challenger teams that we saw most recently were actually super teams in disguise, right? When we saw Origin make it through to the LCS, uh, that was a team that was, you know, actually just incredibly good right out the gate. I think G2 spoiled us with how good they were right out of the gate when it came to the European LCS. Most teams during their first split don't look very good. I think that Mysterious Monkeys, if they have a split like the split that Splice had, you know, that group of plucky, young underdogs that had a lot of synergy together but didn't necessarily have the mechanical skill to outplay any of their opponents when they first entered the league and had significant basic issues that weren't challenged in the Challenger League but presented themselves on the LCS stage. I mean, that's what we're looking at. That's the exact team that we're looking at, and that Splice team was ninth. That's... That's where this team is. That's the team that they have built right now. And the ceilings for these guys in one split, it, it's going to take time. 
it's going to take significant time and probably at least one or two more moves before they're going to be a team that seriously challenges for a playoff spot. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know, not. that's not that's not a condemnation of these players, certainly not as people, not even for the rest of their careers necessarily. Other than Koskyu, I might be willing to... to just write him off. I'm I'm done at this point with Goscu in particular. But the rest of them, I genuinely do believe they could figure it out. But people who are looking for them to step in on day one and do well just because they did well in the Challenger series and want to see them be rewarded for sticking to the Misfits Academy roster while Ninjas in Pajamas be punished for abandoning the Fnatic Academy roster. I've got some bad news for you. That's not how this is going to work. It's not how any of this works. Sorry. They're not there yet. Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, Misfits <laughs> Academy fans slash Mysterious Monkey fans, uh, Chase hates you. I see. And, um... This is why I had to start with the intro there <laughs> and spend seven minutes about how much I love seeing him here. Because the fact that I don't like a single player on this roster all that much is something that's going to... I understand why that's going to upset I agree. I agree with the Splice comparison. And, but it was Splice, two players had to make a massive step up. Uh, yes. And they had to make this acquisition. Wonder went from, we joked about Wonder, like, oh, why did they put all these resources in when we play so poor? And then all of a sudden, he was the best top later in, in Europe, and it kind of wasn't even all that close in the summer. And then Kami, uh, he's dead weight, and just replacing Mickey seemed to put a spring in his step. He was this really good AD carry, and some of that was that the meta shifted into things that he was good at. And it does seem like the meta is shifting away from things that, that Yuki is good at, and you know, sort of shifting away from Ash. Um, this is an interesting team that I don't think either anyone is expecting to make the playoffs early on. I think a lot of people do expect them to be at the bottom of Group B. Um, but I think there's a chance for them to pleasantly surprise us, in all honesty. I think sure. there, there could be a chance they come out and they could catch lightning in a bottle. And again, I it, not again maybe contend for a playoff spot at the most. But as you said, I want to see where this team is in 2018, and I really, really hope it's still in the NA, in the uh, European LCS because I think these players can continue to build because they've proven that no matter what adversity, no matter what roadblock has been thrown up in front of them, no matter how many teams they've been kicked off, no matter how many times they've been one team fight away from qualifying for the qualifier for Challenger Series or getting into Challenger Series or getting into the LCS or whatever, they're willing to put in the work and, and try their hardest to get to that next step. And everything is one rung on the ladder to that next briefcase, that next brass ring. And this is a team that narratively speaks to me and I find will find very interesting if in a year from now they're still around and it's still mainly this core, the type of progression of their arc we'll be discussing. Uh, similar to the ways that, that gamers too then evolved into G2 once they hit the LCS and then took the world by storm. That's a very interesting narrative arc to, uh, to look at. But Chase, we are not at the end of the story. We are still somewhere in the middle. So I would like you to spoil chapter 19 for us. How does chapter 19 end for the Mysterious Monkeys? Uh, it ends with them being the ninth or 10th best team, depending on how quickly it takes Ninjas in Pajamas to reach their peak. And, and to be fair, I, I think that if you believe this team's going to get better, there are a lot of reasons to believe that. I think Unlimited as a coach is something that I think a lot of people are underestimating. I think he's really good. Yeah. I, I think okay. that he did a very good job throughout the Challenger series of getting every inch possible from these Misfits Academy guys. And, you know, I, I think that he made a lot of 
you know, tough decisions in certain parts of the season as to, you know, what junglers they were going to run with. And without getting into the details of that, I thought that he handled a lot of those situations very well. I think he's going to have this team ready to go. I think that this team is absolutely going to take anyone like me who is criticizing them right now. That's going to be locker room material. That's what they're going to play on their iPods before they get into a solo queue game of like, oh, yeah, they don't believe in me. Well, I'm going to take that out on the guy I'm leaning against right now. And I love that about them. I Please want them to Please don't invoke do well. Steve for this team. Please don't do I, that. I'm not. Please don't invoke Steve. I, I can't. My heart can't take it. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I want them to do well. It's just, we'll see you guys in 2018, hopefully. Just hold, hang in there, boys. Hang in there. I, I think they could sneak up to eighth. I'm, the more I'm thinking about Vitality, the, the less and less I am sure that that is going to work in the slightest. And, you know, all it takes is, you know, one good series against them and knocking off ninjas in pajamas, and they're right there in that possible, you know, fourth spot in Group B. So I'm looking forward to watching them, and I hope that you looked forward to this podcast, and then that looking forward led to enjoyment, because this was our ninth podcast in Europe, our ninth team-by-team -team preview. We've got one left. One team left. Who could it possibly be? It certainly would be reckless of me to spoil that for you. So I've been at C80s underscore LOL on Twitter, and I'm still at C80s underscore LOL on Twitter. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? Well, all of you Mysterious Monkeys fanatics can find me at RedshirtKing. I'd love to talk to you guys. If you like this team, if you believe that there is more potential than I am letting on here uh, for them right away, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to talk to you guys about it. Let's keep that discussion going. But I, I think right now uh, the logo and the branding and the storyline are, are what we're all going to enjoy so far. And if something truly competitive comes out of it, well, that's... That's just going to be all the more satisfying. But let's uh, let's keep the conversation going, guys. Mysterious monkeys, you need to get your own romaine that shows up in a full-on Rafiki getup with the big red butt. I'm telling yes! you right now. Go yes! for it. Get the mascot. Get it done. Week one of the LCS, I want to see a giant red butt on your mascot. <laughs> and until tomorrow, when we finally wrap all this stuff up, and then we get into the regular season and get into our Guess the Lines episodes... I'd love to retain my championship, but until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube, by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.